it is time to rewrite your story, seize control of your destiny, and become the unstoppable force you were born to be. Prepare to embark on a journey that will redefine what it means to be a man as we dive into the depth of your untapped potential. This is not a show for the faint of heart. It's for those who hunger for greatness, who crave more than the ordinary. Fear is not your enemy. It is a fuel that propels you to carve your own extraordinary path. Life may knock you down, but you rise stronger and more resilient every single time. This is not just your life, but a testament to who you are and who you will become. At the end of each day, when all said is done, you can proudly call yourself a man. Hi, this is Lenda Carmine, and welcome to an all-new episode. Today, I have a special guest and author, James Rowland, who is going to be talking about the multiple orgasms for men made simple. He is a graduate from the New York Chiropractic College and has practiced chiropractic and distance healing work for over 23 years. His background includes training in Kundalini Yoga, Taoist Yoga, Hatha Yoga, Reiki, and Toltec practices. He currently lives in Hawaii where he's a full-time distance healing practice. James, welcome to the show. Thank you, Len. Great to be here. I, I'm excited to have you here. You know, orgasms. You know, it, men, you know, there's always stories that, you know, we always hear men are always so quick to have an orgasm. Women are never satisfied with orgasms. They never have them. You know, and today we're going to be focusing on how men can really improve upon this dilemma in their lives. Can you, let's dive into this, James. You know, tell me what got you into this work and focusing on this type of topic? Well, I think I was in my early 20s and um, I was just having the experience of there must be something more than five seconds of glory here. Mm. And so concurrently, I was also starting to um, look into meditation as a regular practice. And so um, those two things, those two interests melded and I started to, to explore um, sexual energy techniques these very ancient methods um, of transforming the energy that would normally become an ejaculation and bring that energy, reverse the direction of it and have it um, result in a full body orgasm, mm. which is some, something totally different than an ejaculation. It's more of a... Uh, you know how an ejaculation is very centered, of course, in the sex organ. Mm -hmm. But a full body orgasm is more like it's like an electric current uh, pulsing through your entire body. And as opposed to an ejaculation, which generally lasts five to seven seconds, you can just keep going and going with what I call energy orgasms um, until you choose to ejaculate or not. Interesting. And, yeah. So these, like I said, these techniques have been around for thousands of years, I'm sure. And only recently have they started to become uh, available to, to men in general because they've been kept so secret mm. because Sexuality is such a powerful element in human experience that if um, if I'm sure over over centuries they were so heavily guarded because the people in power were the ones who wanted that kind of knowledge and they didn't want that kind of knowledge disseminated among the average person because. You know, then you have too much, uh, too much independence, too much autonomy, um, too much, uh, you know, starting to question, okay, why, why am I where I am? And why is this person living in a palace? 
<laughs> you know, you start to make the connections when you have start to to acquire that kind of personal power, and that's one thing that these sexual energy techniques can start to give you is that is that increased sense of um, autonomy because a lot of that is taken away from us from our social conditioning. Our sexual energy is very early on just diverted into um, and, and diced and sliced by taboo, by religious restrictions, by familial um, taboos, all kinds of influences to the extent that I would say in American culture, basically what the bottom line is for sexuality is you can watch, you can touch, mm -hmm. but the, the price is you have to be ashamed and guilty. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And, oh. I, and I know different cultures have different views on, on sex and, you know, America has, you know, their view on it, which can, which is, it is shameful at times and people don't want to talk about it or they're <clears throat> overly sexualized. Yes. So there's a lot of miscommunication on that. Can, oh. can you clear that up a little bit? Well, the, mix, the mixed messages are just unbelievable. Um, it, let's take porno pornography, for instance. Yes. There will be so many people who speak out against it and say that it's whatever, sinful or... Um, it's degrading, it's et cetera, et cetera. And yet, it's a huge industry, mm -hmm. yeah. huge industry. And so there's that whole, it's like that phenomenon of there's always that part of town that's called the red light district, right? Yeah. So where you, in the rest of the town is supposedly where people live their normal lives. And then there's this red light district where you can let your hair down. Mm -hmm. Well, again, um, you know, with, with pornography, it's that, that same uh, principle of, okay, we're gonna give this to you and you're gonna get very uh, accustomed to it, but again, you have to feel shameful about viewing it. And so there's always that trade-off. There's never that, okay, you can feel good about your sexuality. And it, it really goes beyond religious um, restrictions too. It's uh, across the board. So, um, you know, a lot of that hypersexualization, especially, especially of men, uh, has to do with if you keep a guy off balance around his sexuality, like he has very little control, very little autonomy, then you can sell him a lot of things. So it it, it uh, feeds into the whole consumerist trap. Um, and also, unfortunately, it results in men not really knowing a lot about intimacy Ooh. because they're not allowed to explore their own sensuality um, without all of these restrictions and taboos. And so it doesn't make them very emotionally accessible in the bedroom True. to their partner because they're not emotionally accessible to themselves. Mm. Very interesting. Yes, I know. I, I agree with that. Agree with you on that because the only way a lot of us learn intimacy as men is either watching what our parents do or watching porn. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think there's really an in between of it or, or watching what's on TV. <laughs> Boy, talk about a couple of extremes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what else is there really? Unless your parents are porn stars. <laughs> No, exactly, exactly. So, and that's one of the biggest challenges here. And it's not just about sexuality at all, that 
human beings do not talk honestly with each other about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so we end up having this belief that we're alone in our own neuroses, in our anxiety about certain things, in our habits, in our, you know, obsessions. And so we start to think we're there's something wrong with us. Unless unless we talk with each other and find out, oh, you do that too, or or you have you have that fear too. But there, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, mostly, but it'll happen between two people in a room spontaneously. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, when you try to arrange something as a forum for people sharing, it's just too intimidating, or somebody already has their script in mind what they're going to say. Um, so it's really it's really a good thing what we're doing here, just having a very simple sharing about sex, because it doesn't happen very often, especially between men. No, and I was going to mention that I agree with you because men already have a lot of men have a problem communicating, especially communicating their sexual needs to their partner, and then you know feeling judged or shameful bringing it up with other men. Yes. At the same time, so you're kind of just left with your own thoughts and actions of what to do next. Yep, absolutely. So it, it does become become a struggle. So you know, let's let's continue this in in regards to how what can you teach men in regards to getting more clarity around their own personal intimacy for themselves, like getting clarity around their behaviors and the intimacy that they desire using what you have through this sexual energy practice? Yeah, I guess I should come around to the first question that you asked me, which I haven't really answered, <laughs> which is what led me. Uh, <laughs> I told you I was going to be all over the, all over the map. You're, you're fine. It's great. Uh, so one of the things I was experiencing with sex was that after ejaculation, I would feel fatigued mm. and somewhat depressed. Mm, interesting. And this is a phenomenon, again, that doesn't get discussed much. But if you ask a lot of men straight up, They'll, they'll tell you, yeah, I, I feel that sometimes, or I feel that all the time. You know, it's that whole thing of the guy rolls over and falls asleep after sex. It's uh, it's that kind of thing. So um, I had heard that these sexual energy techniques uh, would potentially address the fatigue and the depression. Okay. Because one of the principles of uh, sexual energy techniques is, is semen retention. Mm. And they, they make a big deal about, well, it's because you are, um, you're releasing your life force through semen, through ejaculation. And that uh, ends up having an exhausting kind of effect physiologically. So um, having done having done these techniques for a while, that did definitely address that problem. However, what I also discovered, which I hadn't uh, encountered in any of the books I read on the subject of sexual energy, was that a lot of that fatigue and depression after sex was also due to the fact that when you're having sex, it's naturally going to activate the shame and the guilt that's underlying it. Ooh. And those are very exhausting emotions. And so what I eventually, when I eventually discovered that, so I concurrently worked on the sexual energy techniques as well as letting go of a lot of guilt and shame around sex in other ways. And those two things together, eventually I had no experience whatsoever uh, 
of the the prior fatigue and depression. So that was that was great. Um, yeah, I you know another another reason uh, that I started checking out these techniques was that I wanted to be a capable lover. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to uh, to be more present in the bedroom. And if if I had more confidence around sex not being this um, managing, <laughs> like a management situation, oh, I know I'm going to eventually ejaculate. I know that's in the near future here somewhere, but I got to attend to my partner too. Sure. I want to have a good time. I want to communicate. All these things going on at once, all leading up to one, you know, one moment of five seconds of ejaculation. And so, if I felt like I had more, uh, more control over and more choice of when I did ejaculate, then I could be more not have all this anxiety about managing the situation of a sexual encounter and be able to be more present. You know, it's, it's a very powerful event, but you know, most of us really just check out during sex for various reasons. And then, uh, and then afterward we say, you know, how was it for you? Well, <laughs> let me see if I can remember. <laughs> So those were some of the, the reasons that led me to um, start checking this out. And of course, it changes over years because the reason the reasons that you initiate any kind of pursuit or discipline like this, um, they may be, you think they're clear to you initially, and then over time, they really evolve quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, because uh, I'm thinking about myself and, and times about having sex, and sometimes I have checked out, like mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like going through the motions of it, but not being present, mm -hmm. really embodying the experience with my partner. So I, I can definitely relate to that, and and I, I was I was unaware as well about the aspect of depression. I don't think I've ever experienced that after sex feeling depressed mm -hmm. um, so that was that's something that that was new to me and you have found that um, among men that's that's something that's common yes definitely it again it's not discussed so you would never hear about it yeah and you only have to read about it in books that are put out by sex therapists mm -hmm. where you know their clients share things with them that they wouldn't share with their friends for instance yeah, yeah. So for, for somebody to really, so if somebody who is suffering from depression after sex, checking out, what, what do you recommend that their next steps should be? Well, what I would do, first of all, is... I teach people how to how to ground themselves, mm -hmm. which it's a very simple technique. Um, and really what it's intended to do is to bring you to a more present place, to make you more aware of what is going on with you other than intellectually. Mm -hmm. And so bring your mind and body into one experience and enable you to recognize, oh, I feel this in this moment. Because very often, when we're out there in the world, our mind is making up all kinds of stories about and overlapping them on our external experience. Mm -hmm. For example, we could be in a situation which is making us very fearful, but we don't consciously acknowledge that because we think, oh, you know, I should be able to handle this. Mm. Or there's nothing, there's nothing in this environment that I should be afraid of. 
And yet the fear is trying to rise. And what happens is in order for us to not recognize the fear and get through the experience, we have to check out to a certain degree and get ungrounded. Because if we recognize that fear, then all of a sudden, oh, you know, that person in front of me reminds me of my father, who I had a difficult relationship with. And so there's all those kinds of recognitions that just go by the wayside because we walk around so ungrounded. And we're not, um, we're not seeing the connections that are constantly being thrown in front of us between our internal state and what we're experiencing externally. Mm. But when you learn how to stay grounded consistently, you start to have a real experience of, of seeing the, out, the outer world in a much different way because you start to see that it's a reflection, a direct reflection of what's going on in here. So that would be the first thing I would tell somebody or show somebody is how to start to stay grounded during sex or, or take them through, you know, what I would do is take them through a visualization first because you don't want to put them in a pressurized situation right off the bat. Yeah. Well, just go have sex and stay grounded. <laughs> you know, it's not going to work right away. Sure. So if you're not in the situation and you have the luxury of just visualizing and what i what i tell people to do is just feel your feet connected to the earth and you bring your breathing into your belly and you just touch the top of your head and it brings you into your body much more and then if you start visualizing that it's the memory of that experience that causes the depression in this case sex then you just watch how does my body react when i when I go into that memory, does my breathing stop? Do I start to um, get a tight throat? And then to, and so it starts to demonstrate what's happening at the physical level that the person isn't even aware of at the time they're in the stressful experience. And the more you can flesh out the whole picture of what happens that ends up being I'm depressed or I was depressed, the more that the mind lets go of it because it keeps getting exposed and exposed and revealed what the entire picture is. And so that would be the way to start. And then if the person can um, stay present in the visualization of the memory, then some things will be allowed to start to rise, like memories. Oh, this happened in my youth that I, that I totally forgot about. And this is one key element of why I feel that way during sex. So that's another thing that staying grounded allows for is for um, these hidden elements to start to reveal themselves. So that would be a first step. Okay. No, that, that that's great. That's a great first step. Just at least letting men who are dealing with this have a better understanding. And that's something I also share with men too about what you talked about being grounded. Because a lot of men aren't grounded in their life. They're they're all over the place and not they got they're stuck in their minds and they don't know how to deal with their emotions because we were never taught that way. We were mm-hmm. never truly taught how to effectively manages these things and if we weren't if we had a good male role model we might have got some feedback on it but if we didn't or i didn't have a a good male role model present we're just learning as we go yep and sometimes it's not very successful right as we go about doing it and and you can see that in the reflection of of the issues that men are dealing with, with suicide and violent acts that men do and various other things that people don't understand why we do them. And a lot of the reasons because we were never taught anything better or different because we didn't have that right male role model Mm -hmm. in in our life, the right education for us to manage these things. And, And as you know, society is giving a lot of mixed messages, especially right now about masculinity, femininity, 
you know, how we need to be present, how we need to show up, which is also making it more stressful. Yes. For, for, especially for men, for their roles in life. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. So, well, you know, I would say that in general, American culture does not place a high value on emotional maturity for men. And so it doesn't encourage it. And so a lot of men don't see the point of growing up. What's the point? You know, I'm just going to get what I want. Um, still acting the way I'm acting. Well, you know, <laughs> it. I think we can see it in a lot of our elected officials. They're not grown men. They're children. And it's not just men, it's women too. It's like, it's something that our culture is allowing to have, it's this emotional immaturity that is really kind of rampant. And I think, you know, I think part of it is parents are never really encouraged to let go of their children at a certain mm -hmm. point. And I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience too. I, I was very naive um, coming into the world and had to, and I'm still growing up, you know, everybody's always still growing up, but I had a lot of naivete to put behind me because I never, and I'm not trying to dump this on my parents, but there's a certain point in your young adulthood where if, if your parent says to you, I'm really proud that you've become a young adult, mm. something as simple as that can real, it's, you know, when they say it at the right time, the timing is really important. And you hear that and there's a, there's a healthy separation that occurs there. Oh, now I'm an adult. Okay, now I can start thinking of myself as something other than a child related to my parents. I think that's a critical element that is very lost in our culture. Mm -hmm. um, and so if that separation doesn't occur, um, we have a lot of unresolved children walking around. You know who who were never really acknowledged as adults by their parents. Yeah. No, I I, I can see that. Where they, yeah, where, where parents just don't haven't let go, and the child hasn't, you know, the child now adult hasn't really matured to the level that he should be at. In that regards, and and just to go back to something else you said about masculine maturity, another problem is is that. The movies and books and TV commercials always portray men as being immature. Mm -hmm. And that's another big problem because we're getting drilled in our head that this is the way we need to be acting. Where when we, we don't, where we should not be acting this way, we should be acting at, at a higher level, mm -hmm. becoming high value men, men of real value and resource. Not men that are sitting around playing video games and partying all the time and not taking responsibility for their actions, not being men of their word. I think that has is gone now. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of guys are taught how to be a man of their word. I was that was drilled into me when I was a teenager by my uncle. Yeah. You know, that's the first time I've heard I heard it from him. He was teaching me a lesson about responsibility that has never left me since that day. And mm -hmm. I, when I tell somebody, I'm going to give you my word, I will come through on for you on that. Because that, mm -hmm. he taught me how to have that, that level of integrity for myself. And he said, the only thing you have in your life is your word. Anything, anything other than that, you have nothing. Yeah. And that has always stuck with me. And a lot of men aren't being taught that. Yeah. Well, you were lucky to hear that. <laughs> you know, just, just to clarify one thing. I totally agree with you about the entertainment industry portraying men in that light. But what when I'm talking about 
emotional maturity, I'm not talking about like, oh, men need to be able to weep at a, you know, a sad movie. And that's fine. But what I'm talking about is in a very basic way, most men don't know how they feel in any given moment. They don't know if they're angry. They don't know if they're jealous. They don't know if they're frightened. I grew up, you know, in the 60s and 70s, and I was just your basic, typically emotionally repressed American male. I was like this, you know, <laughs> uh, I because I thought that's what it meant to be a strong male was to sure. really not was to be um, in the middle, not too high, not too low, mm -hmm. uh, very steady nothing too dramatic. And at a certain point in my life, um, I experienced an event at age 30 where I could no longer stuff my feelings, Ooh. which okay. I am so grateful I experienced that because I know that if I had kept going in that state of emotional repression, I either would have gotten very ill mm -hmm. Or I would have lost my mind, one or the other. Wow. And so I started. Um, I started out with with seeing a therapist and starting to, you know, discover things I never knew were there, like anger. I never knew there was anger there. <laughs> it's just extraordinary to see what how the psyche will hide um, these very fundamental aspects of ourselves and we can put on a pretty, pretty damn good act too you know and other people can't see it either so no no i agree with you i agree with you i, I know we've been talking about some really powerful great stuff a little heavy right now but it's all worth it because what you've been sharing is really going to be enlightening men in in different ways especially sharing what you do your experiences Let's just transition a little bit more into these multiple orgasms. You know, mm -hmm. I know guys are probably listening right now. Dying, like, how can how what what can they be doing? How, how can they how can we make this happen? Uh huh. Okay. Well, first you have to come to a place where you're willing to put in the reps. Mm, okay. All right. Are we talk about reps in the bedroom, or where, where are these reps? <laughs> okay. So this, these practices are, um, they require a lot of self-discipline, a lot of focus, um, a lot of patience, and in a way, you have to be kind to yourself. In the same sense of. When you're starting to learn to meditate mm -hmm. and um, somebody, if somebody unfortunately told you, oh, you just have to quiet your mind, <laughs> right? Um, and you're sitting there and you're like, how come my mind won't get quiet? And then you start to berate yourself because you think you can't do it right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's it. Oh, I can't meditate. What? Whereas... It's a ridiculous notion to think you're going to get your mind quiet. It's about witnessing your mind. Mm, okay. So uh, you have to have, you have to think of the sexual energy techniques as uh, a marathon and not a sprint. Because you have to bear in mind that you're coming up against some very deeply rooted conditioning here and and you're trying to reverse um the flow of energy that would normally power an ejaculation and stay present to it enough and and using uh some degree of muscular control and, and visualization and focus and breathing and reverse that energy mm. 
and bring it back up your spine and down the front so that you, you create a circular flow. But it's a very piecemeal kind of um, construction. Okay. Be, because you have to, you can't go right into it thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this in two weeks and I'll be <laughs> right. Yeah. Once again, because of the conditioning that's present, that, that is both in your physicality and in your mind around sex and how habitual it is to just want to ejaculate. So the, the commitment has to be there, first of all. And then you have to start slowly with un, what I call unaroused sexual energy, um, which is simply being able to sense the energy that exists in your testicles, in your penis, in your whole reproductive organ system. You start to get into uh, a relationship of feeling that very unaroused, very subtle, and yet um, powerful energy that's there. And you gradually start to ramp up using um, breath work and Kegel exercises, which are contractions of the muscles uh, in the pelvic floor. And you start to be able to move some of that. This is a very cool kind of energy, temperature-wise, because it's not aroused. But, but sexual energy is always present within us. You know, it's driving our thoughts about sex, for instance. Um, and so, if it's always present, it can be harnessed. Ooh. That's the thing, is you have to recognize there, there is all of this energy being circulated through our bodies and our energy field that is, it is not being accessed whatsoever because we, we're never encouraged to do it. You know, except in these, um, in, in disciplines like yoga, for instance, mm -hmm. you know, you have to go, <laughs> you have to go somewhere to, to get this information from, uh, people who've dropped out of the mainstream, essentially. So once you start getting a basic relationship and feeling to how sexual energy is just always there and it is accessible, it's not like it's going to knock you off your seat. We're talking about some pretty subtle vibrations here. But one of the things that we we have a great misperception about is that in American culture is the worst about this is that the more we think that the more dramatic something is, the more valuable it is. Okay. Or the more or the more powerful it is, the more uh, information it's giving us, et cetera. It is not that way with this kind of work. Ooh. The subtler the energy, um, the more you are contacting the basis for which the other experiences will um, come to come, come to your awareness. <coughs> so you have to start with the subtle awareness first. And then after you start to have an experience, of this cool circulating energy, then you can start with stimulation and a more uh, working with more aroused energy with with an erection. And again, that's a step by step process because now you're getting into oh, this is where I usually ejaculate. Here we go. <laughs> and so it's a constant confrontation with your mind, also. Which is it's a really good model for encountering how sexual energy 
has been locked into particular patterns. Mm. And we we stop thinking about it at a certain point in our lives because we just think that's the way it is and that's the way it's going to go with the same thing with a lot of our patterns. Um, until, and so we don't re really recognize or have any imagination. We can't even imagine that we can experience the impulse that would become an ejaculation as separate from an ejaculation because that impulse can become this, this uh, energy orgasm, which is a full body experience. Wow. Yeah. So you gradually are teasing apart. It's like you're teasing apart your conditioning from the energetic um, basis for the physical event. It's a little tough to describe and, and of course, it's more of an experiential thing. Sure. But but that's the best way I can describe it. And so initially it will require a fair amount of um, muscular control. Mm -hmm. But over time, over time, what you're doing as you keep circulating this energy is you're opening dormant channels. If you think of, um, here's the thing, our physical body is the last stop on the subway. Okay. We don't think about it that way at all. We're trained to think that the physical world is the deal. Mm. And, uh, and all this other stuff is kind of, well, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That's not my experience. It's um, the physical body is the, is the, last is where um, the culmination of everything that's being created on the non-physical level manifests. Mm. Which is incredibly powerful and a powerful experience to find, oh, you know, I never thought that I could actually channel sexual energy into something other than sex. Mm. Now, people talk about channeling emotions, but the thing is, you have to really be able to feel that emotion deeply before you can channel it. Like, for instance, someone may have um, may have an anger issue. Like they just, they uh, they blow up over small things. Sure. And they wish they could change that, but they don't know what the cause of it is, why it happens to them. So there's, there's an impulse that's driving the anger. It is, it's like a neutral kind of energy but it gets filtered through that person's mind and now it's anger and it has to find a target. It's possible if that person is really determined to overcome that anger that gets expressed inappropriately, it's possible to start separating, to have a, a fuller experience of what happens when he gets angry. Mm -hmm. um, just like, I was talking about earlier with um, the guy who's trying to get past being depressed after sex. Oh, you know, when I get angry, my head starts to get hot. Uh, my feet start to tingle. Um, my breath goes way high in my, my chest. And so when, when somebody can focus on all these other factors, it becomes something different than just, I want to break something. Mm. You bring in all these other uh, phenomena that are going on that the mind just bypasses and says, I want, I want to be angry and I want to be angry at that. You kind of slow the whole thing down. And eventually you'll start to feel anger as a separate impulse, an, ener an energy experience 
in concurrently with watching what your mind wants to do with it. So then you have a choice. I don't have to, you know, break a window because I can feel that <laughs> I can feel that I want to break a window, but also I can feel this full body experience of anger. You know, it's coursing through my my whole being. And now I have a choice about the whole thing. So these things are like, you have to be really determined. You have to really want it badly. It's the same thing with the sexual energy work is um, you kind of can't go halfway with it. Mm -hmm. um, you can you can certainly reach a certain level where uh, oh I've got a lot of control over ejaculation now. Um, my wife is is delighted that I'm a, a better lover and I'm more present in the bedroom, and and that can be a stopping point, you know, um, if that's what the person was really wanting to achieve. Yeah, and then there's there's higher levels of that too, you know, which really became my experience of incorporating it into my meditation practice and continually using sexual energy to open higher and higher level energy centers. Because in the work that I do, the distance healing work, um, I have to be consistently raising my game, so to speak. Sure. Because I have, in order to keep doing what I'm doing, I have to get greater and greater access to myself mm -hmm. um, on that on that more subtle vibrational level, so that I can have that same access to other people. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> so for me, that was really where sexual energy work took me was incorporating it into that context great great james I, I i've been loving everything you've been saying and one key takeaway i heard that really resonated with me was that once you become especially for a man especially when you talk about anger and sexuality and that energy is that once you become mindfully aware of what's happening especially like an anger feeling anger once you start to become mindfully aware and grounded I love what you said that you now have a choice. Mm -hmm. You have a choice where to exert that energy that you have within you. And it can be in a positive way or a negative way. But when it comes down to it, you are in control of your emotions. Right. And you need to have that emotional intelligence and that groundingness and that mindfulness to be able to have that control. Because a man, yeah. a man who doesn't have self awareness or self management is a dangerous person. Is a dangerous mm -hmm. man, I believe. Mm -hmm. he, he can be all over the place. So you have to learn how to have that groundingness and realize that you have a choice. And I, I really feel that we have we have this belief that you know how people say very often, "Oh, you always have a choice." Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's true at all. I think very often we do not have a choice simply because we're so lost in our own ingrained emotional patterns, in our own anxiety, in our own um, pressures that are being put on us by external factors. I think most of the time, we are not in a place of choice, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it takes, it takes some, um, some practice. It takes some practice. It takes some self-exploration to really get to a place of choice. I mean, let, let's say for instance, there's the heroin addict in the corner, you know, and somebody says, oh, what's the matter with that guy? He's got a choice. Well, if that guy doesn't know why he needs to check out with heroin, if he has no clue whatsoever what kind of pain he's killing with that, he doesn't have a choice. You make a good point there. No, I agree with you. There, there could become 
a point in that guy's life where it's like, okay, you know, I've lost my wife, I've lost my kids, um, I, I've lost my job, I'm living on the street now. Okay, I think I'm ready to give it up. Mm -hmm. But some people don't even get to that point. But sometimes it has to get to there, to that um, serious of a place to have a choice. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. You know, you make a good point there, you know, especially elaborating more on that about the, do we have a choice and when do we have a choice and the factors that we have to put in there. And I, and I think this is great for men to start thinking about and recognizing in their lives. So, you know, our this conversation today, James, has been beautiful. I'm so glad that you came on the show today. Now, if men wanted to really dive deep into learning how to have multiple orgasms, your book does cover actions and tools that they can do inside that. So the book is called multiple orgasms for men made simple. Right. And they're able to go through that book, review it and be able to practice some of the techniques that you discussed today. Yes. What I've tried, what I've tried to do with that book is I've taken a lot of the ancient techniques and taking them out of the spiritual context and all of the esoteric language and put them in a very basic, simple approach. Awesome. Great. Okay, I'm excited. I've read, I read through it. You have great information in there. Guys, great. if this is something that you're looking for, this is a book you want to pick up. James, if, if somebody's listening to us right now and they want to get in contact with you, learn more about what you do, get a copy of your book. Can, can you tell them how to do that? Yeah, my email is prejames60, the number 60, at gmail.com. And uh, I think you're going to put a link to my Facebook. Um... Yeah, yeah, I, I could put the link to your Facebook page as well in in the notes for people to get to. And that's uh, facebook.com forward slash pattern release energetics. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So if anybody out there listening want to join James's Facebook group, I'll have the link uh, in the show notes. Uh, you can listen to the recording again. Again, it's facebook.com forward slash pattern release energetics. If you'd like to join his group. If you'd like to pick up a copy of your book, James, how can somebody go about doing that? Yeah, just drop me an email at that email. Um, unfortunately, the book is on Amazon, but they <laughs> they have done a good job of hiding it, unfortunately, because of its sexual nature. It's just really sad, I got to tell you. But So it's much easier for someone to just email me. And um, if they say that they heard about me from your podcast, the it'll be a free copy. Oh, that's fantastic. You hear that, guys? Mention the podcast show to James, and he'll send you out a free copy of his book, Multiple Orgasms for Men Made Simple. James, thank you so much for being on the show today. You've been an extraordinary guest. You dove deep into a lot of great topics with this beautiful conversation, and I can't wait to see what's next for you and how else you're going to be going on this journey to help others. So thank you thank so much you. for being here. Thank you, Len. It was great. You're welcome.